I used to play badminton sat down. Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about sports and more specifically women in sports because we are coming up to the Women's World Cup. Yeah, we are. Football. Sports. 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 (laughs) Now, as you will probably pick up on this podcast, we are not the most knowledgeable about sports, but we're going to try our best, aren't we? Because we're triers. I tried and therefore no one can judge me. Which is what I was told when playing sports. Maybe we'd all get the stickers (laughs) that, well done, you tried. I always got that. You're great. Oh, yes. (laughs) And also I had like one with a little frog on. Petition to make stickers that say your grape with our logo on them. Oh no, we need to do that. We need to do that. Oh my god. If you want to get some grape culture merch in your life, then please please let us know because we're gonna make some stickers. Yeah, we're gonna do it anyway. So let us know. But before we get on to talking about what we do or don't know about women in sport, um Kim, would you like to tell us about the wine that you picked for this week? Yes, so we have two wines for this week, but I'm only gonna talk about the first one first because I can't get to the other one right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> both our wines are from Marks and Spencers and they mm-hmm. are obviously both vegan. Um, the first is Le Fleuve Bleu, which means the Blue River. Um, Not the way you said it, does it? <laughs> Fleuve Bleu. Sure it does. I'm fluent in French. It is a dry white, um, a luscious and refreshing white wine made from Grenache Blanc grapes grown in the sunniest regions of southern France, served lightly chilled and drink now while it's young and fruity. Mm. So two reasons that I chose this. Um, the first is that boat. it has a picture of a boat on the, on the label. Boat. You turned it round for the microphone to see. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did do that. I did do that though. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so it's got a picture of a boat on the label, um, which I think we'll be talking about an article that we wrote recently in a documentary that's come out recently about women sailing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it felt appropriate as a sport in which women uh, are quite famous as trailblazers. Um, the other reason is that it's a French wine, and I had really tried to find a French wine for this episode because the, I believe, Women's World Cup is going to be in France. Um, the Eminence wine that we have chosen. Uh, it style is bright and fruity the taste is white peach and red apple and mm. it pairs with pasta fish and green salads all my faves i have pasta for dinner so this is a great shout i had peanut butter on toast and a cheese sandwich you're welcome cheers 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 oh. Ooh. that has got a flavor to it but i'm not sure what it is i quite like it when you first the first second like even sort of pre-tongue but it is almost like minty before that have you just brushed your teeth no i think it tastes quite strongly of nothing i think it tastes quite strongly yeah of things but not white peach or red apple i also do you think it's dry yes i think it tastes appley and dry this is not the driest wine that we've had, but I do agree, actually, the more I sip it, the more apple it tastes. Mm. So now that we're um, questionably drinking this Question. wine from M&S, shall we start talking about sports? Sports! Sports. Sports. Yeah. Um, 
Kim, what do you think about sports? <laughs> I'm not a huge follower of sports. Sport. As it goes. Uh, I never particularly enjoyed playing sports at school. And I don't particularly like exercise, if I'm honest. And do you think there's a difference between sports and exercise, though? No, but I definitely think they are. Uh, yes, but I think they are related. Like, yeah. I think oh, yeah. your attitude to them can be related. Yeah. Um, certainly is for me. I think we should come back to that yeah. later on. Um, but yeah, so I don't particularly follow any sport. I do, I enjoy rugby and I enjoy the Six Nations. Ah, eggball. Like watching rugby or being like playing rugby. Being a rugby ball. Watch- <laughs> watching rugby for shit. Dressing sure. up as a rugby ball, flopping on the pitch. No. Floop. No, um watching rugby, specifically the Six Nations. Like it's the only thing it's the only sporting event that I think I follow with any kind of vigour. Um I occasionally might get into like ah, ah Olympic sport, but really not so much. Um what about you guys? Um, I was never big into sports when I was younger. My uh, tutor throughout secondary school was a PE teacher and there was no PE enthusiasts within her tutor group. Um, so she used to make me and my friend do all the sporting activities because we would break easily. <laughs> um, so if it's sports day, we'd have to do the 200 metres, the javelin, the like hurdles. And I have, ti- I have tiny legs. <laughs> um, so that was quite traumatic. Uh, I don't massively watch sports. I enjoy watching, like the other day, I really enjoyed watching the London Marathon. I like watching the Olympics. Um, but I will only have... I don't make a point of watching it. If it's on, mm. I enjoy it. I really don't enjoy watching football. I really don't enjoy watching tennis. I really don't enjoy watching rugby. Fair enough. I like going to watch them. Like, I like the vibe and the, the like... The atmosphere. The atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but I would never turn on a TV and watch it. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. I think that's fair. Sam. Hello. Um, yeah, I was I was uh, atrocious at sport sports at school um I, well yeah mainly i was quite good at netball and i didn't mm. mind netball but that's because i got tall quicker than most people so mm. when i was in my first few years of secondary school they'd be like put them on the team because she's big um so mm. i don't know whether i was actually any good or just in the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> they'd throw um, a ball and it would just yeah. bounce off yeah you. i just stand there like with my arms in the air um and so i quite i didn't mind netball i liked football although funny story um, so when I was in year 10 and 11, we had to do PE, but it wasn't as a uh, exam. It was just to basically keep us yeah, fit. The compulsory, um, the one, compulsory one, yeah. like, session a week. One module a week, yeah. Um, but it was at the end of the day on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like last lesson. And so I just went home. What? <laughs> I would just go home. But the best part was that I would do that. I did that for, I think it was all of year 10. So I did that for a year. And then my end of year report said, Sam's really improved at football. Like, the teacher had no idea who I was. Oh my God. Amazing. So you got away with just bunking I off got away with the bunking. whole of year I, 10. I would go shopping in year 10 rather than play sport. That's no. my cardio. We once, um, so we, we'd get to go to like the local sports centre for the gym when we mm. reached like year 11 or something like that. Yeah, we had that. And our PE teacher, we said, oh, we're going swimming whilst the rest of them went up to the gym. And uh, the cafe was on the top level and we saw our PE teacher go into the swimming pool. And we were um, 
eating chips in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never forget her face and how mad she looked. And the thing I was most upset about was the fact that I didn't get to finish my chips. <laughs> See, I really, I want to unpick, to be honest, more uh, stories of us trying to play sports when we were younger and yes. feelings about sports. Men's but I want sports. your opinion on like sports now sports first. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted with no, my chip fine. story. No. Tangents, <laughs> tangents are great. That's what we're I here enjoy for. stories of people bunking off from PE. Um, but... Um, yeah, so sports now, I I don't avidly follow anything really. Um, if you pushed me about football, I'd say I'm a Reading supporter, but that means I went to one match. It was a Stoke match they were playing against. At the really? Yep. Um, and it was in 2003, and it was titting <laughs> cold. Um, I used to go to Slough Town. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and one time I went, come on, England! And my dad was so embarrassed. <laughs> Because he just like, did he edge away from you? He bought me a cup of soup. <laughs> no, no, literally, he like, was like, up. go to the shack and get a cup of soup. Amazing. But I watch um, quite a lot of Formula One because my boyfriend is really into it. Not that that's the reason I watch it necessarily, but my family are also big Formula One people because my granddad um, was one of the official F1 photographers during the... Um, 60s, 50s and 60s. That's cool. I didn't know that. Well, now you know. And he's got a book and everything. But so my family have been into Formula One for a long time. Also Ski Sunday. That was the other thing my mum always used to watch. What? Do you remember Ski Sunday? Ski Sunday. Not even a little bit. Oh my God. How? Okay, right. I definitely had this. I was talking to someone in a club about it once. I don't know why. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. Uh, And I've never been skiing either. Um, And then we just started singing the theme tune, which is like, this might be the only time that you've like outposhed me. Well, because my mum watched Ski Sunday, and you talked about you talked about Ski Sunday in a club, right? Like that's that's pretty niche. Um, so yeah, my exposure to sport has been weird. I can name you all the key F one drivers from between 1994 and 2001. But that's pretty much it. I can name one specific golfer that my mum is in love with. Tiger Woods. No. Ernie Else. Ernie Else. Ernie Else, because he's South African. Oh, right. And my mum has met him a few times and um, absolutely loves him. Like, in in one of the rooms in my parents' house, there's a wall full of family photographs. There's pictures of, you know, us in various ages. Family, friends, lost pets... All the things that mean the most in the world to my mum and dad. Lost and pet then, posters. No, just like pictures oh, okay. of pets that we lost. <laughs> wanted. Like, not wanted. That's like they're a criminal. <laughs> pets have died, Sam. Did you really want me to say died? Dead pets. <laughs> Specifically cats. Wanted. Feathers McGee. <laughs> but then in one portion of this... Yeah. wall of mementos and lo- treasured memories and, and pets that no longer are is a picture of my mum and only else and like it's that important my mum once refused to speak to my dad for I think an entire day because he accidentally when he was drunk opened a bottle of the Ernie Else vineyard wine that my mum had been saving for a special occasion what would that be? I don't know what the special occasion was. It's red wine. My mum doesn't drink red wine. 
And um, one time, and this is to my eternal shame, we thought it'd be a funny April Fool's joke to make my mum think that anyone else was on the phone. <laughs> was someone doing the voice on the other side? No, we just told her that Ernie else was on the phone and then it was dad because he was travelling and then she cried. Anyway, so that's the one golfer I know. Okay, so you know Ernie else? <laughs> Who I've never heard of. No. It sounds nice like man. anyone else I'm or sure something. Exactly. He probably would have called my mum on the phone for a competition if we'd asked him to. Ernie, if you're listening, please give <laughs> no, Shazza a call. No, but seriously, because I still feel guilty about that. I have one one sportsman that I can name. Okay. Childhood sports experiences. Because I think that I think that childhood sports experiences probably shape the fact that we're not that interested in sport now. Yeah. Um I think I think PE ruined a lot of people. Fucking PE. Um forcing kids to play sport when they really don't want to. Like, just fuck off. Mm. Um, and if you were good at it, great. If you weren't good at it, then tough luck, fatty. You sit on the side. Yeah, there was a definite, like, it's the kind of pick your team and you know that if you're not chosen, it's like your deepest fears of I'm really not good at this and everyone else knows that. Yes, yeah, so here have some social rejection yeah. and some feelings of inadequacy. I also think once you're told that you're not good at sport, you're like, I'm not good at sport. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. true. Because I, I was a waif. I was skinny and tall and people assumed that because I was skinny and tall I was good at things and then I proved them soundly wrong um I was reasonably good at netball and I was okay at long jump but I had weak ankles and <laughs> like Megan Hercules pretty much mm-hmm. um and I also fucking hated it and so people pretty soon cottoned on that I wasn't good at sports but the problem also was that my sister was very good at sports um she she won district sports medals for the school the one year that i got to go to district sports with the relay team as a reserve because of my bullshit ankles yeah hold the button my sister won three medals two trophies and a shield for the school a fight board yeah a fight board and i got uh well, you took part, and I didn't even. Did take you get part. the sticker with a grape on? No, I didn't even get a sticker didn't with a grape get, on. Everyone should get stickers with grapes on. And then I got to secondary school, and the PE teacher, who's fucking bitch, turned to me one day and went, "Your sister's good at sport. Why aren't you?" <gasps> what? Yeah. Well, she obviously used my sister's name at that point as well, just to really hammer her home. Um, and I was like, "Cause I'm not my fucking sister." Um, so, yeah, so that kind of instilled in me a hatred for team sports, or any kind of sports, that weren't me playing, air quotes, tennis with my sister in the street. Being compared to my sister, being told that I wasn't good, and being expected to be good at things that I knew that I wasn't, and then being maligned for the fact that I didn't try, despite the fact that I just wasn't good at it. They were like, you could be good at it if you just tried, and I was like... No, I'm just not. And then it quickly switched to you're not good at it and you're lazy and you're not trying. Cuts. Yeah. When you go outside and play with the other kids and stuff, mm. like kicking the ball around, that's fun. When there's no person screaming over your shoulder that you have to do it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, let kids play rather than... Yeah, and if they're, really, if they're good at it and they want to play, then let them. Don't fucking take it upon yourself to torture them one hour a week. Bleep test. Oh, oh my god! 
You said torture, I went bleep Fucking test. Fucking bleep so, test. So a friend of mine who used to be uh, a sales manager uh, for like a gym chain, she used to make her sales team come in an hour early for work before they got on the phones and sold, sold, sold to do the bleep test no. to get their like heart going and get their blood no. pumping. And I'm sure everyone hated her. At the risk of being indelicate, this person sounds like a cunt. I love them, but if they made me do that, I would... <laughs> all the sound effects no, three, worst, three worst things in PE were bleep test mm-hmm. cross country mm-hmm. never did it odd uh, and the showers oh no so communal we didn't, we didn't have we weren't made to have showers oh we had really really gross old showers I don't think we were either we had gross showers so we just didn't use them we My just sprayed just ourselves with deodorant out of PE, so I just never did it <laughs> so you bunked and got off yeah. You never went to PE, hero. Pretty much. If I could avoid it, I didn't go. I have other things in the uh, in the top whatever right. of terrible things. Yeah. Because, so um, we had gym knickers. Mm. Mm. We had those that were under dark our skirts. green. Yep, ours were grey. Ours were black with and a white stripe. The aforementioned <laughs> PE teacher used to lift up your skirt to check if you were wearing your gym knickers. Girl school. Oh, but okay. still, but still, um, and then one. Yeah, but we went to a girls' school, and they, that didn't happen to me. Yeah, and then one person in my form, uh, she went off on it at one point. I think we were in like year nine at this point. She was like, "You can't, you can't do that. That's like a violation." Blah blah blah. I'm going to report you. And the teacher was like, "Well, you have to just like get out of my class." Then <laughs> that's what I fucking want. All right, but fine. at the time, we were, I remember thinking, "Oh, this person is making an absolute fuss." But now I'm like, "I can't." It, like we were all mortified that that ever happened. So gym knickers, yeah. lacrosse. They could never get away with never that. Never played no. lacrosse. Did you play lacrosse? No. I, have... I went to a school in Maidenhead. Like we didn't. We basically like we were thrown on a field and told to do some stuff. Yeah. Bench ball was my sport. That's not even a sport. Bench ball. Honestly, like I'm fucking good at bench, bench ball. ball and rounders, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. I was really good at rounders. Rounders is great. Well. Yeah, rounders really is great fun. Rounders is fucking baseball. It's baseball. I know, but it's great fun. Rounders is what the only sport I voluntarily played outside both, of school. Both are dire. Oh, I love rounders. She said, "Has haven't gone to a Yankees game when she was in New York." I have yeah. played rounders voluntarily outside of school. I've played it it's recently. Great. great times. Um, but lacrosse, lacrosse is bullshit because. It sounds all fun and Murder the St. Clair's novels and everything. What are they? Are but they sticks with nets on them? They're the sticks end? with nets on them and you have to wear a little scout whilst you're playing it. But also you play it in the Why? winter. It's a winter sport. Why so your must hands you are play... fucking it's freezing. Like hockey. Yeah, your Why hands are Why must you freezing. wear a skirt? Because girl school. And then you have to hook the ball and then you have to run with it and you have to like move the the stick you're holding it up in front of you and moving it from side to side and run with it and then you flick it at the goal. And you know what I did? I flicked that lacrosse ball straight into someone's face. Ha ha. Um, so yeah, so lacrosse is my second. And my third is the oft forgotten but much maligned swimming. And specifically in swimming, that period of swimming where you had to wear your fucking pyjamas in the pool and try and tread water what? and save lives and hey, shit. Yeah, I was a swimming teacher. My first ever job was a swimming teacher and we used to make them come. It's, it's so they get used to if they fall in a pond or a river and they're wearing their clothes they get used to swimming with clothes on. it's like life-saving techniques or something and it's it's so that yeah it's it's you you learn how to float on your back and, and protect your chest and 
um, all this sort of shit. But I, I <laughs> Sam, hate you it. were bunking. You weren't there. Well, you <laughs> don't have like swimming. Lessons. You're like me because you don't like or didn't like the water. I still don't. And like being water. under the water, um, I think you like it a little bit more than I do. Swimming, like fun swimming, but like yeah. in general, we don't like being underwater. If I can't touch the bottom. I'm not interested. Yeah, and the point of the point I specifically remember is you're in the deep end. You're wearing your pajamas. You have to not. You have to swim around in circles or tread water for something like 10 minutes and not touch the sides and i really i i could have fucking done it but my pajama bottoms were falling down so i held onto the side to pull them up and then you got, and I got disqualified <gasps> I and i cried so angry i cried and then they let me do it again but anyway see this is the only thing as much as i was like not massively good at sports i was massively competitive so i was angry at myself but i would really get stuck in fair because i would be like i'm gonna fucking win this <laughs> So this, but this actually leads into my, like, my point about, besides the hilarious stories about all the things we hated about being kids and sports and, and white Eating sports chips. is terrible, is... <laughs> Bunking off. <laughs> you were competitive. Yeah. I still am. Did you ever, were you, did you ever feel or were you ever told that you couldn't do something or play a sport or be good at a sport? Like, were you ever given any indication that your sportsmanship was invalid? Mm, no. I was always massively supported in my sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Even though I physic- like I knew I wasn't good at certain things, just because obviously you know that, but I was never told that I wasn't good at it. And you were never told that like, women, for example, could not be... No. Anything. I think... Not, well, not that I remember. And I went to a mixed-sex school... Um, and we played PE together. Like, we were never separated. Uh, except for once where we played a game of rugby. And I'm kind of grateful for that. That's... I To be fair, that's logical. Especially as teenagers. Yeah, like, we were a lot older. Um, but we used to play sports together. Um, we used to play basketball together. We used to play... I never really played netball. I wasn't that into netball. I think it's because it was typically a female sport. It was mm. the, it's girls basketball. Yeah, mm. and I just, I was like, no, I want to play the basketball. I never cared about basketball. Yeah, we know, I never got the option to play basketball. It was netball. It was, it was never an option, but also the boys couldn't play netball, which I really enjoyed. Like when I because I went to obviously mixed school, primary school, where a lot of my sporting was formed. What about you, Sam? What was the question? Um, did you, were you ever told? in your childhood oh, experiences? Uh, did you ever feel that way that you were limited? No, I was quite a violent child. Um, <laughs> so you bunked and were violent. <laughs> like was Alex, great... I feel like you're really learning about Sam tonight. I mean, I'm not surprised though. <laughs> <laughs> no, by which I mean I was not afraid to kick pummel my way onto a sports field if I wanted to. Um, yeah. I'd play a game of rugby with like, you. I on my would, team I, I, I have <laughs> punched many a boy in the face um, when I was at primary school so I don't well, feel like the answer. I'm not saying it was but no one ever told me I couldn't do anything no I'm just like TMing it T- slash TM yeah but you're a kid yeah everyone punched people the only time kid, I ever got right? sent out of class when I kicked a boy in the face <laughs> <laughs> I never punched anyone but I did pull someone's elasticated tie till it snapped and you did... Um, what? Sh- That's just playground time. You did shunt a lacrosse ball into someone's face. That was an accident. So I'm not saying they didn't deserve it, but it was an accident. So you said. Um, no, I don't... I think, again, like you, I went to an all-girls school, so it wasn't really an issue. But one thing that did fuck me off 
was um, we didn't get to play ru- proper rugby. We got to play tag rugby. Mm-hmm. We had to play tag rugby instead. And I was like, well, why? We're not Is that where you just like literally touch someone and then that counts as a tackle? It was something like that. It was some nonsense. But we had, we had a PE teacher when we were doing it called... Um, I can't remember her name. But she was from New Zealand. And so she'd so always call... So many teachers from New Zealand and Australia. But she was always like, we're going to play tag rugby. Tag. Tag. Tag rugby. What that... is tag? <laughs> what is tag? Um, but no, so that was like, well, it's not like you're pitting us against the boys team and they're all eight foot nine and... Yeah. Hench. Like, if it was Why... against the boys, you'd play tag because... It's not ladylike to play proper rugby. Yeah, so that's interesting because in my secondary school, I remember I, it was either year ten or eleven. There was a um, a term, so we had like set sports that we always played: tennis, lacrosse, netball, and hockey. Those were like the four you rotated through them through the year. And then there was like swimming and. Did you have a swimming pool at school? We did have a swimming pool at school. We also had we like um, we had it. We either. did like a, a circuit training. That was the other one and dance. I enjoyed circuit training. <sighs> circuit training. I actually did enjoy circuit training too. Um, but yeah, during year ten or eleven, they did like an introductory to other sports that we could play, and one of them was rugby. And I distinctly remember that I really didn't want to play, and I was conveniently on my period. So I oh, that was always oh yeah, the but excuse. then you try that, and then the teacher goes, "Exercise is good for it," and then kicks you on. The no, field. we'll see. <laughs> they normally would have been get down, be- period, girl. Because I don't think that I've ever felt like beyond, despite my own abilities and like me specifically as a person, what I could and could not do compared to my sister or my teammates. As a woman. I never felt like I couldn't do anything. I was always taught that I could be great. And I went to a school in which a former Olympian also went. So during my year 11 to sixth form years, uh, there was a big grant given to us on the back of that. Um, that um, right. created a new sports centre and everything gave us like a focus to sport. Um, so it was actually encouraged to be sporty, if anything else. Sporty Spice. Yes. Quite. The best of the Spice Girls. So we were we were quite, quite you know, we were given a shining example of a person who had literally walked the halls that we were walking mm. and achieved the highest um, accolade that they could. So we were never taught that we couldn't play any sport i specifically was taught that i could not play a sport but we as women were not taught that we could not play a sport i could not play tennis because i hit myself in the head with a tennis racket um i used to play badminton sat down <laughs> that is, that's gonna be how this episode starts so yeah i think all of alex um, so me and my me and my friend me and my friend who were the ones that used to get forced because of the only nice people in our tutor group that would do the sporting duties um we used to be badminton partners whenever we played which i felt like we played badminton for a really long time if we ever played badminton oh my god all the time we never played tennis we always played badminton 
some of year 11 I think oh always badminton and me and my friend were like how can we make this lazier so we sat down and played it but the trouble was was I actually it used more energy because obviously inevitably the shuttlecock would not go to the same place that you want it to and it would go over over there (laughs) so you'd have to like get up walk over to the shuttlecock pick it up sit back down serve then they'd have to get up, go and get the shuttlecock, go back, sit down. So um, it really defeated the object of our lazy badminton. How did you feel about sports day? Oh, fuck off sports day. Oh, see, I really enjoyed it. Again, I suffered. And I know that it's the giant fucking chip on my shoulder about my sister. And I can't help it. Do you have a new shoulder about your sister? Kim? Just, just, just a little one. Just a little one. Um, a chip Primary school, there were four teams, green, red, yellow, blue. Bread. 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 <laughs> oh, sorry. You did say bread. You did yeah, say bread. Yeah, because I went to say blue and then said red. Because bread. fuck blue. Um, Which team are you? Potato. We were green. <laughs> Greens were the best, obviously. Not in the election, but sure. Um, and the only... <laughs> that's mean. The well, only... No, I'm just they never win. <laughs> also, don't you love how, like... Groups in schools are now named after like influential and inspirational figures, and we just had colours. I had rivers. In secondary school, we didn't have groups until after I left, in which they named them after blocks that like were in the build, like in the buildings. Like, yeah, it's super lame. Um, But yeah, numbers or something. I was perfectly happy. One, two, three, four. (laughs) Like literally, (laughs) I was perfectly happy being green team. Green team were the best. Red team was second best. Um, the two boys that were my sister and I's like closest friends growing up were in the reds and we were in the greens so obviously there was like a death match between us and then our parents because it's parents things death match between you and your did you go to school in the Thunderdome? yep (laughs) I did true true story Um, so yeah so sports day was very much about either how great my sister was at sports because she was great sports or because there are parents races in prime school my dad who never fails to remind me that i play i i did cross country i did running for the county and i did cross country for this and i was on this rugby team and i'm this cricket captain and blah blah and i'm super sporty and i'm like cool dad i'm not that person so he would win all the dad's races and then my sister would win all her races. And then I would do nothing worthwhile. And the only good thing... Down like Alex. The only yeah. good thing about primary school sports days was the fact that when my dad won, and therefore when we all won, um, he'd bring us matchsticks. You know, the chocolates with the mint. Oh, and not like the <laughs> flames. Like, now I'm going to set you on fire for being a failure, Kimberly. No. <laughs> no, he'd bring us the... Bring us Burn the witch! The matchsticks chocolates because they were cream. That was that was it, and then sports day in secondary school always came as a surprise. And one time I had to do a long distance running and a long distance running. I don't remember how long. It was long. I didn't win. Okay, shocker. Um, so sports day can suck a dick. Is my point fair? I used to love it. I always got the well done, you tried, or like maybe if I was really lucky, third place. Um, if I got in the top three, like if I got like the cusp of the top three, I was really happy. Um, but I enjoyed the competitiveness. I think it was just so fun. Fair. What about you? I was always good at 
uh, field events. I was not very good at track events because running is not my bag. No, it's not mine um, either. Like, why do you want to run in a circle? Get a fucking life. Uh, but the I was good at discus. I was good at shot put. Um, I was basically Miss Trunchbull. <laughs> Put you in the joke here. Uh, and I was good at high jump and long jump. And I think yeah. I won nice. a couple when I was in year seven and eight. And then I got to year nine and went, yeah, but boys though. And then stopped. <laughs> and then bunked to go shopping. And then bunked to go shopping. Yeah. So what's... And punched someone in the face on the way out. <laughs> what sport were you... I was such a rebel. Oh my were God. told that you were good at? No. Throwing shit. Because I was told that I'd be good at Tantrums, running. Tantrums, balls, whatever. Fair enough. I was told that I'd be good at running. I was told that I'd be good at long jump. Mm. Like, those were the, the things. Until a few years ago, when my parents... I was talking about how I was thinking about taking up a sport. And my parents said to me, went, you'd be great at golf. And I was just like, um, wow, oh, rude. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you'd be great at darts. But I wasn't good at any of those things. I wasn't good at running because I had weak angles. And I wasn't good at long jump. Or I was all right. I was only good at it because I was long. <laughs> you know, like I know when when genetics puts the work in for you, it's easy to be good. And despite that, my sister, that is who true. is yeah, I want to say at least four inches shorter than me, until recently, and I mean very recently, still held the long jump record at our primary school. It's quite impressive. I know she's a cunt. Why was she so good when she's quite short? She's just really good. She's compact. I've just remembered just talking about sports stuff and the fact that we brought up the fact that I'm not a swimmer. Um, that I used to win swimming races in primary school. Did you? Yeah. You sit on a throne of lies. No, I did. No, like, I mean about not being a swimmer. About not being Yeah, but that's the thing is I used to fucking love it. And then I had one bad experience mm. and I'm like, yep. It can really... Yep. It, swimming yep. is the, like... Of all the sports, I mean, I know all sports have a I mean, nothing's going to put you running, risk. is it? Like, well, I mean, if you break your leg, I suppose, but... All sports carry risk, but swimming is the one that I think that you are the closest to. Mm. Like, at any given time, you could just drown. Death is coming. It's a little inspirational quote for you there. At any given time, you could just just drown. drown. And on that bombshell, we are going to take a break while we top up our glasses and have a wee. And we're back. Woo! So before we get talking about the next couple of topics and also the next wine, how did everyone find the Le Fleur Bleu? Fleur Bleu? Fleur Bleu. Fleur Bleu. I think you're having a stroke. Fleur Bleu. Fleur Bleu. Fleur Bleu. It was, uh, it went very quickly. I drank it very fast. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I enjoyed it. I would drink that again. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would when I first started drinking it. So that was our white. That was a Le Fleuve Bleu by M&S. The um, white wine, vegan, dry with tasting notes of white peach and red apple. So I'll move on to our next wine, which is a red. It's the uh, Pintao Carmenera from 2017. It's a Chilean red wine. Again, from M&S, also vegan. Uh, described as full-bodied. Bold flavours of an oak. Black flavours of black cherries, plums and spices. Good with grilled meats and pasta. A classic Chilean wine from Carmenera specialists. Casa Silva. Best enjoyed within three years. Really, uh, really pushed the boat out with that description. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. The reason that we chose this wine, this was actually um, sent to us by a friend of the podcast, the um, our dear friend who designed our logo, because she spotted it in M&S for the first time. It's got a polo player on the front. 
and it's a really it's it's really quite a nice picture and i will take a picture of the label even though i've already opened the bottle and forgot to take a picture of it strong branding yeah i'm really good at this it's been a day it's been a day i will pour away put it in the glass <laughs> put it in the glass it's got a good glug it's also got a good thumb for those of you keeping score oh, it's a good, good a good bottom for thumbing yeah Cheers. Ooh, cheers. cheers. So this was a bottle sealed by a cork and I was a bit suspicious of the cork when I pulled it out. So fingers crossed. It smells like plasticine. It tastes like a tea. No, no, I don't mind it actually. I don't mind it. It's quite blackberry-ish. Mm. Mm. We'll see. I'm not sure yet. It's red wine and it's not immediately giving me a headache so it's probably it's a winner. It's, it's got a funky smell but it tastes alright yeah I quite Which like it it's quite it's quite, it's quite it's quite mellow it's a difference from the multitude of um the biodiverse wines we have that have all yeah, been really that's quite true. light and, and interesting tasting this is like a it's back to sort of a proper proper red um it's a nice brambly red yeah yeah and that's my my I can definitely given that it's um a Chilean red which I always think goes really well with like Spanish food I think you could definitely have this with like a good sort of chorizo stew kind of thing. Yeah. I want to talk about now the specifically sport, the reason that we chose sport for this podcast Mm -hmm. episode, which is that the The women's women's football. World Cup. Yeah. So I didn't actually realise that this was happening when I was planning sort of topics to talk Mm -hmm. about and Sam quite rightly pointed it out. So I'm going to send it over to you, Sam, to tell me a little bit about... Take it away, Sam. Football. Football. Um, Yeah, so it's the Women's FIFA World Cup. Uh, Last year, obviously, we had the Men's World Cup, uh, which I think we all kind of ended up getting into. I know I watched Mm. the last England game with you in the pubkin. So we got very into the men's one last year and it did get me thinking that... Yes, admittedly, we don't watch sport, but I've never sat down to watch a women's event unless it's been the Olympics, where I think I would argue females sports persons are not treated as second uh, second rate as in other sports. Yeah, mm. uh, like you, you, yeah, I don't feel in you, the Olympics they are treated better than yeah, they are treated exactly. anywhere else. Like we celebrate our Jessica Ennis's, we celebrate um, yeah. Kelly Holmes. I think they're given as much airtime. The yeah. women's events in women's the Olympics. Women's events are, are, feel a lot more equal. However, uh, we are talking at this point specifically about the, the FIFA World yeah. Cup for women. First thing is, this is quite this is a groundbreaking year because the prize money for the FIFA World Cup, for mm-hmm. ladies, has been doubled this year in response to the gender gap um, yeah. in pay. Mm. Pay gap, gender, women, less money, Things. men. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then back to what you were saying, the reason that this is such a groundbreaking year, the, the the gender pay disparity, I shared with both of you, and I know that we didn't all get a chance to read it because life, but um, a series of articles about the US women's soccer team who have sued the organisation, the organisational yeah. body who employ these teams. So they have sued them on the basis of discrimination based on yeah. gender. Yeah. And this this comes from a series of articles on the uh, US Day Today, I think it was, by Andrew Das in sort of March of um, this year. 
which detail the whole like quite a lot of the story and we'll link to them in the show notes i also really encourage you to sort of search them out because one was one was like a news article this is what's happened the the u.s women's football team have sued u.s football and i'm just gonna keep calling it football because soccer sounds weird yeah but it, we are to, we are talking about Footnote, for american we're talking about we're soccer. Talk, we're talking about soccer not not american football which is fake rugby so there's the one article which is the news article about that and there's the second article which is more like a um a think piece about the importance of the u.s women's football team and how they have become a trailblazer for equality in um in women's sports and so uh other teams have taken a lead from them and have started asking advice the canadian hockey team mm-hmm. i think was one of oh, them yeah yeah, they were. yeah which was fascinating and then uh, there was a third article by the same publication not by the same person which was about former trailblazers um and then obviously you know you've got venus and serena williams i think are for me the the first thing that i think of yeah when i think of female athletes or sports people yes i think of them um and yeah, so this this series of articles and this specific focus on the Women's World Cup, I just, I found it really, really interesting. And I'd be interested to know what you guys thought when I told you the story or when you read the article for yourself. One thing I was thinking, just as you were talking, was we were talking about um, the coverage that the men's stuff gets and it's coming home and that, that, mm. that happened last year. And it reminded me that when you, it's rugby, not football, granted, but... Um, People, when they talk about England winning the Rugby World Cup, they think of 2003, Johnny Wilkinson. That's they don't, his name. They don't think about when the women won the World Cup in 2010, which is a more recent victory. Yeah. Mm. People will forget that. Mm. And we can win a World Cup and they won't even... They, they Society doesn't even clock it. Yeah. Why? I, I literally can't, in my thought process, get to the point where I understand why that is. I, I don't know. Yeah, we've spoken, as women growing up in sport, what, what our exposure to it was. And do we think that women are dis- discouraged from sport? Do you think it's... Well, like, I mean, Kim asked us the question, do we feel like we were ever told we couldn't do something? Yeah. And I don't... All of us said that we, we weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the flip side is, I don't think we're discouraged from sport, but I don't think that we're encouraged towards women's sport. Like it's women's football that we're talking about. We talk about women's football. Yeah, but where does that stem from? Like that's what I mean. Like where that's the thing that's unimportant. When do you think, out of interest, that the first women's soccer football World Cup was? Probably a lot later than we think it is. I want to say before. I want to say I want to say that the women organise a league the for the men's. Give me give me a punt on a year, somebody. Uh, I see. I think it's later. Nineteen twelve. Nineteen twelve. Oh, I was gonna say nineteen fifties. Oh 1950s. shit! No, I need to know this. Well, you don't know it now because the answer is nineteen ninety one. What? It's only started in our lifetime. That is insane. The weirdest thing was my first answer in my head was 97, and I was like, that's madness. That's ridiculous. No, 91. It's obscene. The women's stuff was five years... Because it and I bet they were like, oh, let's give the women their Women weren't cup. allowed... One of the things that was in those articles is that women weren't allowed to run marathons because they thought oh, it was yeah. bad for the body. In, in the 70s or yeah, 80s. Yeah, and then a woman ran the marathon under a, a, a 
gender a non gendered yeah, like, name yeah. and was basically hu- tried to be hustled off. Like the... there was a picture of her being taken off, off the, the track. Yeah. She managed to finish it. Yeah. But it was like, how crazy is that? That like so it was like oh it was like the sixties, seventies it wasn't until the eighties yeah. or something that they were like, Oh yeah, this is allowed. Yeah. We were born in the eighties. Mm. And in the How mental is that? And in the articles that Kim shared us on and she's just been talking about um, with the the women's struggle for uh, equal pay, that's been going on as recently as this year. Um, Get this like this literally year. this year. Yeah, and eighteen no, twenty eight years after the first World yeah. Cup for women, and then um, tennis as well. I like mean, the prize has only just been lifted to reach the same as the yeah, men. Well, the Billie Jean King Williams. thing. Yeah. Billie Jean King thing. Like the, yeah. the premise of that is that she was like, I can be any man. Fight me. Yeah, basically. And she did. Quite literally, and then she did. A and self-proclaimed then, male chauvinist. And then she still didn't get, like, they still didn't get, still this year is the first year that it's been equalised. It is. And still last year, in whichever, I don't know the names, because as aforementioned, no shit all about sport, but I know, like, I know shit about feminism. Um, the You don't have to know to support women. Exactly. No. Um, but the whole thing about the dress code of um tennis and how Serena Williams, the greatest of all time, was maligned for and she was given a warning for her dress code. Is Serena yeah. who's the greatest is it Serena or Venus? Uh, no, I think it's Serena. Serena's Serena. the better one. Yeah, well, the sorry. One, one more. I don't follow it. No, neither do I. And I, they are always yeah, mentioned in the, the one, same Venus time. was the one that fought for the, the prize. Money. Serena's the oh, one Serena yeah. is the one that is, uh, I think, the better performing. Serena uh, is the, the one that has just, she, just had a baby. Ser- yeah, Serena's just yeah. had a baby yeah. and come back. So Serena Williams was the one who had the um, new dress code, uh, she, the new outfits that she wore th- through a sponsorship. And she was... Um, find for her attire at a tennis event because she was wearing what it was essentially like a black little um like like a jumpsuit kind of thing like an athletic jumpsuit why was she fine because it was black or because it well was that's the question and the argument was both that she was fine because it was black and it was unladylike like that it wasn't, what, it wasn't because no, white is she was fine because it was black and it wasn't in keeping with the game even though men often wear black do they or have you ever seen them in what no I, they I do they, they wear all sorts of different different things but also that she do was they? wearing shorts not a skirt and also that she was a quote angry black woman like the argument was that it wasn't just that she, she was wearing yeah. something that the the powers that be deemed inappropriate but what the, the powers that be deemed it inappropriate because she was a black woman daring to wear something that was not the regimented um thing and that if you. someone like mm-hmm. anna kornikova had worn the same outfit mm-hmm. she maybe would have not met with the same amount of backlash and i suppose without um going too much off the subject but talking about attire mm-hmm. and and uh, hmm. what sports women and uh, women in the public eye wear i suppose um it's always really interesting that uh when you have articles sometimes with like sports like sports women politicians uh anyone in the public eye sometimes it comes back to oh my god so and so papped uh wearing this and it's like to undermine a woman you comment on her appearance. And this, there's been a lot of that with the Williams sisters, actually. Um, yeah. There was something like, 
I saw a great thing the other day that was a picture of Serena on the beach uh, in a bikini, and she's you know she's a, one of the world's top athletes. She's muscle, but she's got cellulite. And oh, every bloody woman but, does. Every person does. Well, exactly. And it was like, if this is what someone who's in peak physical shape looks like, what? Why are you tearing everyone else down? Mm-hmm. That's. But yeah. So the 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 Williams sisters do attract a lot of that kind of attention. They attract right? so much, and, and which it, undermines them as athlete, as athletes. I think. And you know what they're what they're in the public eye for. They're yeah. not there for their appearance, like yeah. all women should be. Apparently, so they're there right. because they're amazing in their field. Yeah. And, yeah, and like w- weirdly, but when I Sorry. told a friend of the podcast uh, before I came here, um, and annoyingly I can't remember the specific reference, but she was talking about a sportswoman. I think she was a runner, um, and she had just won a specific race. And she said very recently she watched something on BBC News that said like zoomed in on her and went oh my god she's just won this she's like beat this record blah 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 and they zoomed past her and went and that's her husband he must be so proud why like yeah why like suddenly you're just being like okay this this man is going to be proud of his lovely wife for doing this race yeah let's make a big deal about that Uh, but I'm more annoyed about the fact that um the expectations on women in these situations is to somehow be excellent and also ladylike. Yeah. Mm. You like you can't be a sportswoman and be seen to break a sweat. You can't be if, a sportswoman and also be a lady. If I said to you, name an inspirational sportswoman, mm-hmm. who would you name? Because we've established that we're not very au fait with the sporting world generally. But could you name someone? Alright, I'd like to think about this. Okay, we'll come back to that. Put, yeah, put let's a put a pin in it because I'm not good with names anyway. Because we've just talked about a, a, a few people. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want have. to just name one of those because that's who we've just no. talked about. I want to think about if we were picking a, a female sportswoman. And it might we it might be that we can't think of anybody, and that might be a reflection on our ignorance, which is mm. interesting considering if I said name an influential um, film star, music star. Could name women in the drop of a hat, yeah. Um, any, a lot of other fields, even like medicine, I could name people, but mm-hmm. I probably but then wouldn't again, be able to name men though. In, I was in gonna the say, sport, I was gonna the, say, if you ask me for I men, men, I could name pretty much just David Beckham, Michael Owen, <laughs> like literally anyone from the 90s. I tried the to name, noughties. I tried to name what was his name, Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny That's Wilkinson. it. <laughs> I tried to think of his name. I still cannot remember it. Every time I'm like Johnny, Johnny, I think of the razors, Johnny, razors. Flynn. That's what I think of. No, I always think of. I always know it's Johnny, and then I go Johnny Flynn, and Johnny Flynn is a singer, and that's not, it's not. He does the theme song for Detectress. It's not the same I person. Name, I can name, like I said, a shit ton of F1 drivers. Um, I could name from my... your from your Lewis Hamiltons through to your Rubens Barrichello through to oh, your uh, Fisichella through to your um, stop showing off. I can name a lot of sports. Like, I can name my can my that. old landlord who played for Bath. <laughs> okay, great. Played rugby for right. Bath. Banahan. <laughs> before we get before we get right, so let's mull it over. Yeah, women. But um, but let's go back to the World Cup, which we keep sort of veering away from because we clearly don't know what the fuck we're talking about. But I sent you these articles. I explained them to you about this suing of the um, US soccer company, as it were, by the US soccer team. The football men. Football. 
what was what were your original thoughts when you read these because there were two articles yes. that i sent you yeah. and i'm just going to read out the titles so the first was u.s women's soccer team sues u.s soccer for gender discrimination that was the sort of newsy article and these were both by the same person andrew das um the second was in the fight for equality u.s women's soccer team leads the way i thought the thing that struck me first about those articles was um <laughs> so a lot of my exposure to female football beyond playing it myself at school or bunking off from it as the case may be um was from the film bend it like beckham oh i love and that film my understanding pretty much just from that film but also from other things that have happened is that the u.s soccer the women's soccer in the u.s gets a lot more support a lot more coverage a lot more not saying it gets all the coverage at all by any means no, but, a bit more. but gets more than here in the uk um they have bigger tournaments. They have more yeah, sponsorship. They're, they're more, more sponsorship. Publicity. Yes, it, it's more of a women's soccer is more of a deal in the US than it is in the UK. And the fact that this country that I had envisioned, albeit from a fictional film, but which I assume was has some basis in reality in terms of the field in which it was set, is still fighting for this quality. And then I thought about women's football teams in the UK, and I was like. Couldn't name you one. Like I imagine they must be regional again and, and everything, but I've never been to a female football match. Honest. I've never yeah. I've never seen anything about it on the news. And so it's like it, it kind of underlined to me, yes, they're struggling and they're fighting for this in the US and they're leading the way, but we are woefully behind in this country. Mm-hmm. Massively. Yeah. I've never seen Bend It Like Beckham. What? It is a good film. I mean, Kira Knightley's in it, but once you get past that, it's pretty good. I like Kira Knightley, but I I get what you're saying. However, the thing that I took from this was what I think we've touched on it earlier the the fact that this is still fucking happening, and there were some stats in these articles that I that really really blew my mind, like the disparity between mm. not only the amount that people are paid but the way that people are paid. And I'm yeah. not going to give the specifics now because A, we're, we're a bottle and a half You're wine a, we're in. What? A but, but, we're a what? We're a what, Harry? Um, You're a wizard, <laughs> Harry! You're a bottle, But also Harry. because I've, I've never had a head for stats, but... Yeah, I've heard you have head in other ways. Oh, just, you're so mean. <laughs> Can I get a blowjob? I think that the stats aren't necessarily important except that it... Well, they are, obviously, but it's the fact that there's such a disparity between how much men's men and women's sports teams make, but also the way in which the way in which they were paid was something that I found really, really interesting. Mm. That men are paid a bonus for every match and for every match that they win. They're paid per match that they play that is televised that they win. Whereas women are paid a salary and then a much smaller bonus. And so the men make more, but the way that you decide how much they're made is very complicated because they don't invest that money. It's like saying your sales team is ultra performing, but your um, account managed team isn't. So we're going to spend more money on the sales team because they're doing better and not spending money on the account managed team. It doesn't make sense because of course the account managed team can't do something if they only have 50p to work with. Well, exactly. I think think you're, you're trying to fight a losing battle because it's like, who is the fault? Like, that's the thing. Who is the fault? Is it the public for not investing in women's sports? Is it the 
you know, I can only relay it to producer that to theatre. Is it like the the managers, the producers of what's going on? Is it their fault for not getting it out there? Is it the players' fault for not like doing as well? No, it's not. Like, no, and they're the doing better. Well, exactly, exactly. But it's all the support that's going on, but there's no investment because they're not going out there to get it, but then there's also not the coverage and there's also not the audience. So it's like, where is this fault? Where is the money coming from? And therefore, if the money's not coming in, they can't play, pay the players as much. So you're saying it's chicken and egg? Yeah, it's I complete chicken com- and egg. I have a comparable thing that might help explain this, which is in the like Sammy referenced this earlier, the um, film industry, the same argument about investing money and energy into female-led films or people of colour-led films. That same argument is made. They don't bring as much money, they don't get as much coverage, they don't get as much interest. Therefore, why would we spend money? No, but that's what I mean. It's like an endless cycle. But, as has been proven... Literally in the last year, but also time and time again, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Ghostbusters, uh, get me out, uh, get me out, and uh, the new horror films that are from that. Yeah, um, the those filmmakers who which are amazing. Get out and get the out, other one and uh, us, us. That actually, if you put the money in, the reward is there. There are people yeah. waiting for that. It's just investors aren't seeing it. And they will watch the stuff. So So the fault is ultimately, in my opinion, with the investors. So we're we're caught in this loop of um, you need the audience to get the sponsorship, you need the sponsorship to get the money, but to get the money you need like this this cycle. Um, What do you think is the main problem with women's sports? And what is the main problem with uh, the perception of it? Because it comes down to perception. No, I think it's a hangover from everything that is kind of the building blocks to to women. Yes, we haven't had experience of being told that we can't do certain things, but nine times out of ten, people are segregated. Like, women are segregated from men because they are the lesser sex. Because they are they're not physically as, weaker as is the old age old adage. Well exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um and A bullshit. Um, I'd like to see you go ten rounds with Ronda Rousey, but whatever. Well exactly. And I, I think it's just this building block on building block on building block yeah. of everything we've been told to be to be true. Mm-hmm. Um and so therefore we don't feel it's as worth uh, an audience doesn't feel like it's as worthwhile investing in as a spectator because people watch sports to be amazed people watch sports to go wow my body can't do that that's amazing i'm going to support you and support your team and Mm. you know be inspired and people have been told that you can't be inspired by women because they're lesser i think that you are right but to be more specific i think that sports you know sports with a capital s televised sports has been marketed to and is perpetuated by what appeals to men. Mm. And while I think that there are ways to market this, like people who are truly interested in the sport and the amazement will be interested in the women performing those sports. A lot of the marketing around sports is not actually about the achievement. It's about the the pride and the sense of camaraderie and to be honest, the sense of exclusion 
that it allows men to exclude women there is there is the whole thing you know like oh you can watch football whilst the woman's out shopping like that kind of shit and i think that that is the biggest barrier and what is televised is that basically what is televised with sports is what appeals to men what is televised to a lot of things is what appeals to men and i think it comes down to the fact that it is men that are in the deciding rooms for these things the more women we get in these deciding rooms the more women sports is televised so do you agree that a female uh, women having a stronger interest in sport would help further the cause yes okay alex thank you for answering my hand up um <laughs> i'll always answer do you it suddenly occurred to me when you were talking about women going out and going shopping trips and all that stuff bunking off sports uh, bunk, shopping. or going to get fly <laughs> chips which i did do with a man um a, a gay man scandal <laughs> but a boy a boy um do you also think like i said this has just occurred to me women very much have that com- common camaraderie how do you say the word camaraderie yes yeah in everyday life camaraderie (laughs) so we you know we join forces we we like to go on shopping trips or whatever it is we like we like to chat we like to share we like to um often yes yeah yes you know we're more likely to do that whereas men men are typically not able to do that um or, or they feel they can't so they share a moment in sports it's a bonding moment that they don't get in other ways yeah whereas we do we do quite well we're fortunate enough that we do quite a lot what i think is really funny about that is that for all the yes women we go shopping as a group we go to the toilet as a group you know like that's that's the that's we even the sink up our pants. i wondered well, why is... you followed me to the toilet earlier always um that's that's <laughs> the joke isn't it that's well. the story that's the that's the yeah 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 it's thing, a punchline but... women go to the toilet together women do everything together and yet women are bitchy and women are always at each other's throats and women are always feeding like i just that this is completely unrelated to sports, but that dichotomy between the two ways that women are perceived, yeah. I just think it's really interesting, yeah. and and to see women kind working of funny. To... Do you reckon men see not all men again? Sorry to interrupt here. Hashtag not all men. Hashtag not all men. But do you reckon there's a perception of seeing women working together that is threatening? Yes. So in team sports, yes, it's yeah. putting for, absolutely for a male because we're and strong strength. individually. Yeah. Surely we'd be so fucking strong and, yeah. when we're together. Anything you can do, I can do better. better. But this it. isn't about women doing it better. This is about women being given the chance to um, be to independent prove themselves. Uh, and I mean, women can go through fucking childbirth. Of course, they can like do a relay race. However, that's definitely however, because that's about being a mother. That is that, no, but that's also just <laughs> it's about physical strength. Jesus Christ! And it is also about that. just how we are phys- how we are physically designed. It's not. Yeah, you, you, you can't get a man to push a baby out of his bell end. But <laughs> but this brings me on to the point of, and I think this is a good point to end on. Okay. Do you think that male and female sports should be segregated? No, not always. What do you think the exceptions are? I think that it is fair to acknowledge there are different physicalities between women and men and there are in situations where men, more often than not, obviously there's always anomalies, weigh and have more density and weight and can do more damage to a smaller frame. But contact sports is my issue. 
In which case, do you not agree that a system like in boxing, where you have heavyweight, middleweight, lightweight, is a fairer thing? Yes. I think if, that ta- my if the individual's is... physique is taken into consideration, not their gender, mm-hmm. do you not think that would be fairer? I do. I think that my answer to this is that I don't know enough about individual, the the limitations of individual sports to truly answer. But that, yeah, I think that my initial reaction was no. I don't think that they should be segregated. I think that there are considerations, but I don't think that that means that they should be segregated. I mean, for example, I think that a woman's high jumper and a men's high jumper are just as capable of doing the same job. I probably wouldn't pit a pregnant woman against a man. I'm just saying. No, but you don't pit but, pregnant women against many people. Uh, yeah, but you wouldn't pit like a, a man that's obese against a really fit woman. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I just think, I think that... Well, he's got in bulk, she's got in... Uh, Depends on the sport. The battle of the sex is proved. The battle of the sex is proved. I don't think they count as sports. No. That there are sports in which women and men should be competed against. And I think that like tennis is a really prime example of this. Like that women... Mixed women are better, basically, is what I'm saying. But I think that there are there are situations in which... I think that women would have a just a natural physical disadvantage. Not all women, hashtag not all women, but women have disadvantages. So I know that you wanted like to end it really neatly because you're great, but Sam, <laughs> but um, you asked a question earlier about women, like the, the the women that come to mind when we think of female athletes. And I still struggle with women that come to mind when I think of female athletes. But there was someone that we that we read about in anticipation of this episode that we haven't really had a chance to talk about. And especially given that the first wine was was a sailing wine. Um which was Tracy Edwards, who uh in a- nineteen eighty nine Tracy Edwards skippered the first all female crew in the Whitbread Round the World yacht race. She was it was basically that the entire time that she was there, she was told, "No, you won't get, you won't get anywhere. You will fail. You will suck. You will. Mm. Women cannot possibly sail around the world." And I had, n- I feel God like I've so heard I've gone like down until your month is passed. Pretty yeah. much, I feel like I'd heard of this woman, but never actually heard of it. And um, this happened in the year that we were born. It was during the time of the race. She rejected the notion of feminism. And um, told reporters, I hate the word feminist. And yet now, when she's being re-interviewed, says, I actually am a big feminist. And I think we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. Like, the rejection of the word feminist and then the embracing of it. Um, and how how that's a real journey and how becoming a figure for women and understanding women is a real journey. And so I think that she... She is someone that I now find a lot of inspiration in, mm. even though I'd never heard of her before. Mm. I'm mad that I never heard of her before. Alex, have you had any thoughts? Um, I like I said, um, I'm really bad with like famous with names. names yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm bad with famous actors, celebrities, sports people. Um, I think I just. Like, I massively am into exercise, which we didn't get to touch on in terms of the difference between sports and exercise, which I think there is a difference between. Because to me, 
the definition just before we go on is that exercise is a competition with yourself sport is an exercise with uh, is a competition with someone else nice like uh, it. see i think it's but that's why i do classes I because think it's ex- still uh, a competition with other people fair but and you, that's your prob- driving force is you it's not someone yeah of it's course not coach. It's not. but it's also uh i'm i'm trying to beat the person opposite me fair enough <laughs> That's your motivation, though. That's not the aim of the yeah. No, that is true. What you're doing that is true. The, yeah, the aim I think is yeah. different. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm massively, massively into exercise, and so as much as there's so many amazing sporting women out there in the public eye, and especially you know in the in the town that we live in, um, there's huge uh population of Olympians. Yes, we uh, live in a town that is um. The Team GB athletes are local. Basically. Yeah, exactly. In abundance. So um, it's big in our area, yeah. and I wish I knew more about it. It's just not my bag. I'm not that interested in it. But doing uh, fitness and fitness classes, I massively admire the women that lead those sessions and go to those sessions. So I can't name any names. But I am massively inspired by strong women. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So I had two women that I thought about for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And one is um, Susie Wolfe, who was a test driver for Formula One. Um, There have been female F1 drivers. It's one of the sports that isn't actually officially segregated. It just so happens that they are, the majority of the drivers are men. Susie Wolfe was a... um, yeah, she was a test driver, and now I think she works for um, Mercedes, I believe. But yeah, so she was—I I really liked her because she's a modern woman. She's a modern woman in the modern world, but doing F one. <laughs> um, and also, um, when you were talking about Tracy Edwards, Kim, it got me thinking about sailing. And I grew up on the south coast, um, where sailing was quite a big thing. Uh, and the woman that I thought of was uh, Dame Ellen MacArthur, Ooh. who was uh, a another sailor. Um, she broke the world record for circumnavigating the globe in mm. two thousand and I think it was four or five. Um, it was then reclaimed from her by the bloke who broke it in the first place, who was a French guy in two thousand and eight. So she had the record for three years. Fuck but, you, yeah. <laughs> Le fuck you. I was uh, going to say, was that a French accent? <laughs> fuck out. No, that just fuck came, out. It came after two bottles of wine. Um, but <laughs> Sounds slightly yeah. like a French man. So yeah, yeah, so where I grew up, she was celebrated because I was lived near Portsmouth and Portsmouth is obviously like solar sailing massively linked. Mm-hmm. So those would be my two. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. But before we go, we have to do the grape culture thing of rating our booze. Yeah, uh, booze. So, yeah, yeah booze. So the first wine we drank was the uh, Le Fleuve Bleu. Le Fleuve Bleu. Vin de France. Trente Cervantine. Uh, <laughs> off of MS. Uh, off of that MS. Vegan, obviously. I definitely buy that and drink that at home. I'm going to give it a four. Ooh. Yeah. I like a dry, crisp wine, and it was a dry, crisp wine. But not too dry. Not yeah, too but dry. not too dry and not too crisp. It's it's citrusy, like apple-y, and yeah, I really liked it. Fair enough. Um, I, for me to rate a white wine quite high, it has to be something that I've really enjoyed. It can't just be something I think that I just drink. 
I'm giving it a 2.5. It's half of half five. 2.5 grapes. I think that it's drinkable. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was okay. just there. Good. Uh, I'm going to go for three because it was... No, I'm going to go for 3.5 actually. Um, thinking of what I've been rating things recently, this was a 3.5 because I would drink it again. Um, it went beyond my expectations. Uh, and I want to get Kim to say the words... Le fleuve bleu. Again. Uh, off podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 3.5 for me. May we know how much it costs now? £6. <gasps> I am definitely going to buy that again. Right? That's it's a good... Oh my God. It's a good all-rounder. That is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I, like, would, I would have paid twelve quid for that. Pintal coming in. in, 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 in. Caminera. What she said. Uh, off of the polo horse on the front. Um, what do you call... What do you guys think? I... It was very smoky. Really? Yeah. Like, I think when we stopped, like, well, when I sat back and took in too. what you were talking about. You really don't Yeah, no, I don't, I don't drink whiskey either. But yeah. it did taste, like, um, bonfire-y. Hmm. Interesting. I don't, to be fair, I don't disagree with you. It's November wine. Uh, yes, it was a, it was the kind of genre of reds, as it were, that I like. I enjoyed because it was not too coaty. It was not weird, light, biodiverse wine. <laughs> um, I am going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go 3.5 for that as well. Ooh. Fair enough. Um, I didn't love it. Okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't really love it. It's not my kind of wine. Considering that it's described as full-bodied, and I like a full-bodied wine, and as I've sort of said before, I like a I like a Mritu wine that gives you that sort of butter taste on the sides of your tongue. Um, this just didn't do it for me. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.5. It's perfectly drinkable. If someone brought it to my house, I wouldn't kick it out of bed, but um, I'm unlikely to choose it again. Fair. Um... I liked it for all the reasons Kim didn't like it. <laughs> Standard. It wasn't um, too rich. It wasn't too. Fun. It wasn't too rich. It wasn't too like suck all the moisture. It was a nice red wine, um, but uh, I think can I score it more than a two point five? Because it's still not something I would choose. It has to be on your spectrum of reds. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I have given the weird biodegradable or whatever they're called <laughs> red wines and like 2.5 so i'm gonna give it bioluminescent a, i'm gonna give it a three, three. um i enjoyed it for a red you've got a nice flush going on here as yes well. do you know how much it was i'm gonna guess pounds. oh i'm gonna i'm gonna say nine pounds it was ten pounds ah. okay but it was ten pounds on offer oh how much, how much down usually? from 15 Ooh, I wouldn't spend 15. close. And I would not spend either of no, those on it. So I know we don't we don't rate topics where we don't have a specific book or media in place. But no. I, I have a question. Okay. On the back of the research that we've done for this episode mm-hmm. and the conversation we've just had, mm-hmm. are you going to watch the Women's World Cup? I will watch, yes. Um, I don't think I'll watch every single match. Uh, I didn't watch that of the men's anyway, uh, which is obviously the more widely publicised. Um, I will watch, hopefully, a couple of the England games, and then if they progress, progress then yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, but 
Um, I think much like the men's, if they get far, I will watch their later <laughs> games. Yeah. Because I don't watch any of the men's early games. But if they get far, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll join in this because we're all up, like, we're all in it together. Um, and so therefore I'll do that with the women. You'd be hard pushed to find a pub that screens it though. Another well, travesty. Well, my only, my living room with some of this beautiful wine may happen. Oh, well, there you go. Um, I think I probably won't, but, but I might. you don't watch the men's either. No, I don't. And also I might, I might pay attention to the news bulletins on my phone. More so than I did for the men's. So... So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you have enjoyed what you've listened to, please give us a rating if you're listening on iTunes because we would really appreciate it. If you would like to listen to more, please come back in two weeks' time when we are going to have a brand new topic to talk about. In the meantime, if you want to see more of Grape Culture, head over and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram where we are at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. Or you can check us out on our website, which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. So thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.